Chuck Swindoll says, faith is not a symptom for disorder or a substitute for careful planning. People of faith need orderly minds. Leaders like Nehemiah think through problems they face. Today, we're going to talk about how God honors our planning in our leadership. You're listening to the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, Chuck Swindoll continues to say in his book, Hand Me Another Brick, the presence of faith does not mean the absence of organization. Hey, everyone. Today, I want to talk to you about the importance of planning, the importance of planning and how great leaders recognize this important aspect of leadership. Benjamin Franklin said, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Or like my dad put it, growing up, he would always say, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Now, in these first two chapters in Nehemiah, uh, they seem to go a little slow. There's a lot of prep work for this great, massive project and a lot of preparation. He's praying, he's processing, he's planning. But all these are necessities to our leadership uh, and his leadership of leading well to finish this project and task. And so far, we talked about how God prepares us uh, in and through prayer. And if we're going to be people of prayer, then we are going to need to be people of patience. God doesn't just always um, answer our prayers right away. Praise God, he does. But in his own timing, uh, he allows us to grow and we need to persevere in prayer and wait on him. And for uh, for us, we need to grow in this attitude of waiting and being able to be strengthened and to to plan by faith. And so we see uh, repeatedly in the life of Nehemiah that he had to wait, that he had to process, that he had to plan, that he had to prep. Um, And this is like any leader. You're going to have to wait sometimes, and that's okay. Uh, Remember, the wait was four months. It was from uh, the month of Cheslev uh, to Nisan. Um, But because Nehemiah was praying and prepping, he was able to give an answer to the king. And this is, uh, you know, what he said when the king said, hey, what can I do for you? Nehemiah, he said, send me, pay my way, give me resources, send me with a letter for protection. Nehemiah had this answer in his head or his mind because he had formed a plan and he was processing as he was praying. And so we talked about the importance of leading through silence and solitude, this planning, processing, praying uh, last episode. And today we're in episode number 10, double digits, baby. Uh, Thanks so much for continually leading and continually learning in these episodes. I pray that they're a blessing for you. And I pray as we go to God's word, we continue to be encouraged and inspired and equipped by God and through the Holy Spirit and his scripture. And so today's uh, section of scripture in Nehemiah chapter two, we're going to look at verses 17 and 18 and talk about how God honors planning. Uh, In verse 17 and 18, we see the text say, and then I said to them, this is Nehemiah speaking to the people, we see the trouble we are in. You see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that you may no longer suffer in derision. Uh, They were suffering. There was this pain. There was this mockery going on because the walls were down. And in verse 18, he said, I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good and also the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good 
work. Nehemiah shared the vision of rebuilding the wall with the people, and he shared how God had honored this plan uh, and explained how the king gave favor to him. And he gives recognition. It was of the Lord. Through faith, Nehemiah was planning and prepping and praying for the vision God put in his heart. And this is an important part of leadership, planning. Now, I didn't say this uh, is a sexy part of leadership, right? Uh, But it is an important one. And so I want to just dig down deep and talk about how God honors plan. Chuck Swindoll would continue to say in his book that I want to recommend. There's a lot of extra content uh, through Nehemiah and other resources and hand me another brick. Chuck Swindoll says, admittingly, planning is hard work. Thinking isn't as exciting as involvement, but without it, confusion is inevitable. Good leaders do their homework. Let me just ask you, are you doing your homework? Do you know the importance of the work of preparation? So we as leaders, we have to do this preparation, this homework to accomplish the vision that God has put in our hearts, and we must plan well. Nehemiah is sharing vision to the people, but he's able to do that, right? We, we all talk about leadership and sharing vision. He's able to do that because he's processing, he's praying, and he's planning. And so I think when it comes to planning, we should know two principles that I want to talk about today, uh, that planning is biblical and planning isn't God. Let me say that again because it's sort of like a two-sided coin. First off, planning is biblical. Second, planning isn't God. Now, I think it's important to understand that planning is a part of how God works, and it's a part of our faith, our Christian faith. In Galatians 4.4, it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, uh, born under the law. I love this verse because it says that the perfect and exact time, according to God's plan, Jesus came. That's right. Our God, Yahweh, is a planner. As soon as man fell in Genesis, uh, man, God prophesied redemption, his plan in Genesis 3.15 to send a savior. And he states this plan several times in the Old Testament, what we would know as prophecy. He would speak it forth and make it come to pass. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 4, uh, it says that Jesus came according to scripture, meaning according to to God's perfect plan. Jesus told us that he didn't come to abolish the law and prophets, but to fulfill it, Matthew 5, 17. And he did everything according to God's perfect plan, 1 Peter 2, 22. In fact, let me give you some words of Jesus. In John chapter 6, verse 38, he says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. Luke twenty-two forty-two. he prays this to the Father before going to the cross. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, my, not my will, but your will be done. God has a will. It's a perfect will. And he had a plan to redeem his people, to send Jesus and for him to atone for sin, to give eternal life and Jesus lived by faith trusting in God's plan living by the spirit to accomplish it now I know that you you may be thinking well that was Jesus but we're to follow Jesus example we're to go to God and trust that he's working and has a plan and we're made in his image and as leaders we should come up with a plan as well to fix some certain problems as well uh, we also want to walk by faith and in, in the power of the spirit which actually means that we live according to to God's plan and to his will and his word. Proverbs 16:20 says, "Whoever gives thought to the word will discover good, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord." And so when I talk about 
planning is biblical. We're putting a trust in God and what he says and trying to implement it in that life. And our, our greatest leader, Jesus, would teach us to plan like God does and count the cost and plan. Uh, in Luke chapter 14, verse 28 through 33, this is a teaching of Jesus who gives this illustration of the importance of planning. He says and starts off in this passage, For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Now this is uh, talking about planning, strategic thinking. In verse 29 he says, Otherwise, when he has a laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all will see uh, it begin and then they will mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish now he's saying listen there's a danger when you don't plan and just wing it and uh, other people will be able to see that you don't just build a building without understanding the resources and going on it everyone's going to mock it you're not going to finish it's, it's going to go bad for you and he even gives another example in the same passage in verse 31 he says or what king Right. So now he's saying specifically like a leader, a king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. He's using these real life examples to say it's a good thing to use your brain, to think, to plan. And in verse 32, again, he says there's consequences if you don't do that. And if not, if this king does not plan, well, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks the terms of peace. If you don't plan, you can get hurt. And so in verse 33, Jesus says, So therefore, if any one of you who does not renounce all that you uh, he has cannot be my disciple. He even ties in this thought of planning and counting the cost into following him. And he says that we should be planning according uh, what he has said, and if we're going to follow him, to repent of sin, to live by faith, and to be his disciple. Now, my dad always told me, God gave you a brain for a reason. You got to use it. And I'm so surprised by some that just disregard thinking as a biblical faith, uh, trusting in God. Uh, this isn't biblical, they would say, but God gave us the book of Proverbs for a reason. And many uh, people need to realize that uh, faith is a practical thing. And when we plan, it's actually a part of our faith. Now, John Piper, who wrote this book called Think, uh, literally, it's the book titled Think, says this, thinking is one of the most important ways that we put the fuel of knowledge on the fires of worship and service to the world. Let me say that again. Thinking is one of the most important or the important ways that we put the fuel of knowledge on the fires of worship and service to the world. Our brain actually helps us worship as we grow in the knowledge of God and what we believe affects our behavior. And so when we take time to study and believe in God's word, we are blessed through faith of application. And I think that's what planning is. You have this vision from God and you're trying to apply it to your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it takes faith to plan. It takes faith to do this work. And faith produces a work. And as a leader, this is a part of our work. What we have to understand is using our brain and thinking it takes faith. Nehemiah had been praying and planning. He was so sure that God was guiding him. Uh, and he made a whole agenda according to faith. And remember, this is uh, this was risky to ask the king to do all these things. But faith is responding to what God has said. And so the best and most appropriate response to vision from God is to start planning and living 
accordingly. And we can and should worship God with our minds and the gifts he's given us. Uh, Jesus would say, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You can worship God with your mind, with thinking. 1 Corinthians 12 and um, Romans 12 tell us leadership, administration, they're spiritual gifts. And Peter says, hey, exercise those gifts that God's given you. If you're a leader, you need to plan. You need to use your mind and worship in that way. Now, that's the first side of the coin. Let me just flip the script real quick and let you know the second side. Uh, Planning is good. God honors it, but planning isn't God. Now, Proverbs 16, 9. You guys, I'm sure you've memorized this during the pandemic. It's been a really difficult thing. We've had a lot of plans. They've changed multiple times. The heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. Proverbs 16, 9. The heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. We cannot rely on our plan. We rely and put our faith in God. We as leaders can get so caught up in our plans, our expectations, because we're taking time. We're taking energy to mentally think and, and process and think about the future that we can start emotionally being attached to our plan and rely on it rather than God. And you see, we have to understand God's plan will prevail. That's why we need to pray through our plans and submit them to God. We have to trust him and not our plan, not our own efforts. We know that the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. Lean not on our own understanding in all of our ways. Acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. We trust in the Lord and not our plans and things just don't go always as planned, do they? But our God is faithful. He'll prevail. And this helps so much when things don't go as planned or according to our plan. It doesn't mean that we don't plan or take action. It just means we don't rely on our plan. Dwight Eisenhower, he said this about planning. Plans are our plans are worthless. Planning is essential. That's a little deep, profound quote. Plans are worthless because they go sideways. But planning is essential. It's important and you still have to do it as a leader. It's essential that we prep and we plan and do the work to help guide us and our team. But just know that your plan will almost never go perfectly. Life is life and we can't control anything. Like Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And so we got to... Uh, trust the Lord. Life's going to throw us punches. You know, we got to remain flexible. Have a plan A, have a plan B, have a plan C. Think through these things because even though our plans can let us down and fail, God is faithful and we could trust him. So those are the two-sided coins. Planning is biblical. Planning isn't God. Uh, and we make plans, but we don't worship them. And so to close our time, I want to give you just five practical ways to plan as a leader. Five practical ways to plan as a leader. Uh, that have helped me throughout the years. And they're quite simple, but they're pretty important. Uh, number one is just plan prayerfully. James 1.5 says, If anyone of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given, uh, it will be given him. And so I think this is a verse that many of us probably know, but we just always need to go back to it and we need to continue to ask God. We have the great privilege to not lead on our own strength or our own ability. Did you hear that? You don't have to lead without the Holy Spirit. He can guide you. He can give you wisdom. He's given us his word. We just need to ask and go to him. And I see this in Nehemiah. He was a man of prayer even before he answered the king, even though he had been planning and prepping and doing all this stuff. In verse uh, four of this chapter, the king asked him and Nehemiah says, I prayed and then I answered. 
We need to saturate our plans in prayer, submitting them to God, getting the heart of God. And he is the Alpha and Omega. He knows the beginning and the end. We can trust him. So pray in the beginning of your plan. Pray in the middle of your plan. Pray uh, during your plan and pray in the end. Plan prayerfully. The second thing you need to do when you plan uh, is just plan strategically. As you look to God for wisdom, uh, let us look to the data. Take time to think. The Bible says it's okay to be prudent. And this uh, planning strategically just takes time. It takes time to look in the past and see what worked and what didn't. And this is why you should evaluate uh, maybe after an event or a worship service or a discipleship program. Did it work? Did it not work? Uh, to walk in wisdom. Take time to see how much things cost. You may have to do your research, go online. You may have to ask ex- experts or people of knowledge that know about the subject. It's going to take time. Uh, take time to think through the issues that you might run through? Do you have a plan B? Often plan A doesn't go uh, as you would have thought. And so you need to prepare for what obstacles will come up. Strategically thinking takes time because you have to ask, um, does this fit my mission and values? Does God call me to this? What are the implications uh, in the short term, in the long term? Think through, hey, what about timing? Not just God's timing, but practically in the calendar of your church calendar, in your family calendar. Ask, is this the right time to act on this vision or this plan that I have? Uh, and then, you know, the bottom line is it's just going to take time. It's going to take time. We need to think through the implications of our actions before we take them. Proverbs 22 verse 3 says, The prudent sees the danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. Let's not be simple. Let's plan strategically. Let's look through those obstacles. And one thing I love about Nehemiah's story is that it just took time. It wasn't an overnight success. Although it only took 52 days uh, to build the wall, which still was an incredible blow blow by a uh, like quick timing, uh, the process was more. Uh, it took months of just planning, prepping, thinking, processing. Uh, even for him to travel from uh, where he was at to go to Jerusalem took time. Don't be surprised if it takes time for you to plan strategically, but this encourages me because there's a process. And even though I want my vision done tomorrow, Maybe it's not God's timing and it may take a month or two months or even years to get that thing that you're wanting after. So plan prayerfully, plan strategically, plan practically. Here's a wise saying. This is has to do with finances. You can't spend money you don't have right? That's probably an important aspect to think through. We only have a certain amount of resources like time, energy, money, and we want to spend them wisely. Uh, We can't can't do everything and have to say no to a lot of stuff to accomplish what we really should do. So we need to be practical in in our decision making and we need to plan accordingly. Uh, If a project is going to take six months, let's not be overzealous and say it's going to take six weeks. Okay, it's okay to think practically when it comes to making the vision work and planning strategically. Nehemiah asked the king for lumber. Why did he do that? He asked for lumber for the house to live in. He, he was very practical and it's okay to think through the practicality of, of the work or the vision that you have. Um, man, if you're planning a church, do you, what, what about your team? What about finances? What about a place to meet? What about how are you going to make disciples? What's the vision? All these different things are very practical. How do people find you? Do you have a phone number? I mean, like all this different stuff, it's okay to plan practically and start 
making lists and checking those things off. Um, you know, making a budget, uh, thinking through what will take as you strategically pray through your plan. God's going to give you some steps to do, and it's okay to just break it down. Uh, this is a good thing. A church needs uh, to break down budgets and money and finances and uh, teams and tasks and all that different stuff. It's just a part of leadership. So don't be scared of that. And oftentimes I'll give you some encouragement. Practically planning causes you to be creative. One example was this, a church bulletin. Now, if you guys know a church bulletin, uh, many church services have a church bulletin of what's going on during the week. However, when we first planted a church, we were so broke and poor, we couldn't afford a bulletin. I mean, I guess we could. It just costs a lot of money. And I didn't know how to print. Like, should I print 10? Should I print 100? What's going on? So we started doing this thing called an e-bulletin because it was free, baby. All you had to do was give us your email and then we can incorporate it and send out you everything every week of what's going on. And you know what's crazy is because we couldn't afford a church bulletin, which put them in like 50 bucks a week to print the ink and wasted all these resources. We saved that money and people now still today are connected to our church because they were part of our e-bulletin. And, and even though they've moved, they stay connected and oftentimes watch the message and do these type of things. Just because it's out of your reach and you think, oh man, that's a, a barrier. It actually could be a positive thing. Nehemiah didn't have everything perfect in his plan. You realize that his crew weren't professional construction workers, right? The people he recruited, uh, they had personal investment in the project. They literally had their homes right by the wall or part of the wall. They were just families, but which later it helped because they had one hand building one sword they could defend. And then they had all these um, investments and they were just creative. And uh, it was actually better than so uh, construction workers because they more people got to be involved and with many more uh, labors the work went quicker and so you know I know that we could be very discouraged uh, with uh, thinking practically and say I don't have the time or the resources or the talent but we can plan practically and it helps us to be brutally honest with what we can do and how we can move forward and it helps us explain uh, clearly explain our needs to those that are interested and able to help like Nehemiah explained to the king yo I need some money. I need some funds. All right. Plan appropriately. Listen, just because we plan practically doesn't mean we plan, we plan without our faith. Uh, we need to include God and have faith in our planning. Just because uh, we are practical doesn't mean we have faith. Actually, the practical thing is to incorporate our faith. God is on our side. This is the most practical thing of our planning to include him in our planning. And when I realize I'm weak, uh, man, that's probably the best thing because then God could be strong. And so I daily ask for strength. Uh, let's not forget that God is a real person and he's given us godly vision to help others. Too often we can think so practically that we never have faith. But the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, it's impossible to please God without faith. Why are we even doing this vision? It's to do the things God's told us to do and to obey his word. And when we do that, he'll be on our side and he'll actually he'll give us strength to do it. And so we need to be asking how can God help? Let's not forget about him. Like Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. It is a good thing to dream, to think big. Uh, where God will get the glory and not just our planning. We want to do great and big things so that way when it, we accomplish these things, we as the leader 
Incorporating God through the whole process can get God the glory. Nehemiah planned, but he gave God the credit. Did you notice that? He said he told them, these people in verse 17, uh, that the hand of my God had been upon me for good. Now, Nehemiah did all this prep work, all the strategy, but he he knew and he was able to recognize this was God. He His favor was on me, and this is where we're headed because of God. Well, lastly, you want to plan with others. So you want to uh, plan prayerfully. You want to plan strategically. will take time. You want to plan practically. You want to plan appropriately. So there's a practical side. Then there's also your faith, which is very practical. That's appropriately. And then you want to plan with others. And I love how people got involved with Nehemiah's plan. First, the king and then the people in Jerusalem. Nehemiah recognized he couldn't do this project to, uh, on his own. He needed other people to get involved. He needed to a team. I love uh, my pastor friend, uh, Bruce Zachary. He says, not one of us is as good as all of us. I just love that saying. He's such a great uh, team person, has many people around him that can fulfill needs. And he uh, has really blessed my life in serving me and and coaching me and thinking through these things. Not one of us is as good as all of us. Don't be afraid to include people in your planning process or even your project. Uh, Remember, it's not about you. It's about God and the vision he gave you. And so God needs to be the glory and God has an amazing amount of resources, including people. He's gifted others besides you and you can gain a lot of wisdom and insight as, as you lead through humility. Some of my best plans I did not come up with, but my team did. The reason I'm able to do so much stuff, even this podcast, is because I'm thinking right now of people on my team that write up the summary, that do this and do that and, and give me time to even make messages to be able to speak to you. It's good to ask others to think and to gain wisdom. If one question I like to, uh, to use to get people involved or to help out or to get insight, because oftentimes the leader, people just want to follow you what you say. But I like to ask this question. If you were me, what would you do? If you were me, what would you do? This this can help you plan with others. Uh, they give them permission to give insight and wisdom. Uh, man, and if it's a great idea, if you're brainstorming, allow the team to help. Man, just go for it and say, it's about the vision and God's glory and not about me. Proverbs 15, 22 says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisories, they succeed. So get input, get wisdom from others. Now, I know this seems like a lot, uh, but this is just scratching the surface. Uh, this is the role of the leader. We have responsibility to process and silence solitude, to pray, man, to strategically plan. And so don't shy away from this type of work. I like that. Uh, I like what Thomas Jefferson said. I find it the harder I work, the more luck I seem to have. God honors our work, the process. And there is a process to being a good leader and planning is a part of it. Is planning hard work? Absolutely. But I found that God honors our planning and our prayer and our efforts um, as we you know, submit to him and in our quiet time in the office work um, is really important part of our leadership. So just to encourage you, keep planning. Uh, Planning isn't everything. It isn't God, but it sure is important to our leadership. And the Bible says, man, it is something that God uh, honors. And so we see that Nehemiah plan as part of his leadership. And so should we. conversation with Pastor Daniel and his dad, Pastor Joe Williams, as they share a pastoral perspective on the book of Nehemiah.
Well, as we talk about planning, I grew up having someone always tell me, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. There's a couple of sayings. You got any other good sayings you want to share with some people? Well, they say if you, you got to have something to shoot at. If you shoot at nothing, you're bound to miss it. <laughs> There's another one, see? Yeah. Just zingers. What else? What else do you say? Because, you know, uh, you know, James said, don't say you're going to go to such and such a city and you're going to buy and sell and you're going to stay there a year and you're going to, you know, do this and that. He said, say if it's the Lord's will, we're going to do this and do that. Um, a good leader is a good planner. Now, I always have a plan, but I think it's also important to allow God to change that plan if he chooses to. Um, I have a plan all the time. Uh, I'm not just shooting in the dark, but if the Holy Spirit wants to change something, he knows a lot better than I do. I have, I'll get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit has his way. You, you know, the Bible talks in Proverbs about the ant, how the ant, you ever watch the ant plan? He's talking about the ant is, the ant is um, a little creature like that. The Bible says, consider the way of the ant and be wise and learn his ways. Uh, I know in Washington here, I look at ants sometime in my backyard, and they always got a little piece of bread on their back, and they carry their little bread to their hole, and they bury it because they know winter is coming. And the Bible says, he has no master telling him what to do. He takes the initiative himself. He know winter's coming. He's busy. He know the sunshine is not going to last forever. So he's busy every single day. I always wondered why would God use a little creature like that, the ant. But the ant is a planner. He has foresight. He's planning all the time and he's working. And the ant, he is not lazy. Yeah, just because you're a leader and you're a good uh, pastor, you know, we are still not supposed to be lazy. Let's have a plan in place, but let's also be flexible enough to allow God to change that plan if he so chooses. And I've noticed, too, the Holy Spirit can work different in different churches. He hasn't got to work the same way with every individual pastor. He can work different in your church, and he can work a, a different way in my church. But we still must have a plan. But, you know... If God wants to change something, great. Let him. Well, let's talk about that because planning is important. Uh, it's important to prep, to plan, to have something in your mind. But we also lean towards idolatry and we also lean towards our own ways. So how do we have a plan but yet rely on the Holy Spirit and be flexible for the situation? Well, you know, any, any wise leader wants God to have his way. Any wise leader want the Holy Spirit to lead. Any wise leader knows that God's ways are not our ways, and his, his ways is better than our ways. And, uh, you know, I, was, I gave an illustration last Sunday where, you know, I had a message prepared already. I was going to teach at 10 o'clock last Sunday morning. I had the message already prepared, ready to go. And so I go in and take a shower, and the Holy Spirit says, I don't want you to teach that today. I think that can't be the Holy Spirit. That can't be. Uh, the Holy Spirit said, I don't want you to teach that message today. I want you to teach on the importance of fellowship. That's what I want you to teach on. It was already 8.30 when he told me that. 8.30. I had to be on at 10. I had to be teaching at 10 o'clock. So I only had an hour and a half to get my scripture together and get my message together. 
And I went out there and gave the importance of fellowship. I had a plan in place, uh, but the Holy Spirit changed it. And many times when I'm preaching, I have what I'm going to say written down, and I have the scripture, but sometimes the Holy Spirit will change the message in the middle of the message. And you say things that you never intended to really say, because when you stand behind the pulpit, the Holy Spirit uh, be giving you different things to say, and it, it, not, it never comes out, in my opinion, my, my message never comes out exactly the way I prepared it. Because, you know, I'm, I'm flexible even behind the pulpit. Uh, if God wants to change something when I'm teaching, uh, I, I can throw those notes away. I mean, hey, and I have done it. I just set the notes aside and say, you know what? This is what God wants me to say, and I want to say that. But I have a plan, but I have to also step aside and let the Holy Spirit have his way because uh, I'm very much dependent upon the Spirit, not myself. Well, how do we deal with when we have our plans? Because obviously when we have a plan, we have a system, we want an outcome. So how have you dealt with over the years having a plan and not succeeding in what you want to accomplish? Oh. Right? Because we make plans to try to get something. Hey, I'm going to do this and have this great outreach and then no one comes. Or, hey, I'm going to do this and have a great team and then something else happens. So how do you deal with the discouragement of having a plan and, and it just failing? Yeah, I've had so many things fall apart because I don't think it was God's will. I think it was me, uh, and, it, and it wasn't led by the Spirit. I thought it was, but I've not, I've had many things that fell apart, didn't work. Um, you know, but hey, you know, I think it happens to everybody. We have to realize when something happens to you, you're not the only one. When you fail, when you make mistakes, when you get discouraged, maybe sometimes depressed. Maybe sometimes, because, you know, people ask me all the time, they say, well, have you ever wanted to quit? Have you ever wanted to quit the ministry? And I says, yes, I want to quit every Monday. <laughs> and they said, well, how do you stay in there? I says, man, the more you read the word, the more you pray, the more your faith is going to grow, and the more you will rely upon the Holy Spirit and not yourself. If you rely upon yourself in ministry, you're, gonna, you're doomed to fail. But if you rely upon the word of God and the spirit of God, you are going to you going you're going to go far. You're going to you're going to succeed. You're going to be strong because the word of God is powerful. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. The Bible says He is for you. He's not against you. He wants you to have a good ministry. He wants to bless your church. And just because you might have uh, some difficulty right now, and I've seen over the years where you know something can start out so negative, but end up end up so positive, like with Joseph. Started out negative, you know, same thing with Job. Started out negative, Job got twice as much as he had, you know, at the end of his life than he had in the beginning of his life. So just because you're in a negative situation now doesn't mean that it's going to last forever. It's just temporary. But you're going to come out on the other side stronger, and you're going to look back, and you're going to say, man, I don't know how I got through that, but you're going to see so many other pastors going through the same thing, and you're going to be able to minister to those people uh, the things that God has taught you through your trials. So we're not alone. We all go through the same things. Don't think that Satan is picking on you. He, he don't like any of us, really. He, he does not want the word of God preached. And that's why wherever the word of God has been preached, there has always been opposition. Always, always will be. So just keep on doing it. 
be open, be flexible. God's got you. God's got your back and God's got your front. So don't worry about it. So what is the role of prayer and faith when prepping and planning? Because sometimes we go out and we just plan things, try to own a system, but we want to incorporate God, the Holy Spirit, into what we do. What's the role and the importance of praying through your plans and and planning with faith? Because sometimes you have to plan to buy something when you don't got no money. So what what is that prayer, uh, the faith and and prayer in planning? How do you incorporate those and and think about that? I plan, you know, you got to pray. I mean, that's the first thing you got to do. The God will go before you. Prepare the hearts to receive. You know, otherwise, you know, nothing's going to happen. You got to pray even in your preparation, even before you, even before you start studying. You got to pray, spend that quiet time with the Lord. Uh, I've heard many Bible teachers say what they do is they read the passage over seven times. If they're going through Romans chapter eight, they'll re- they'll read Romans chapter eight seven times, even before. They pick up a commentary or any other helps at all. They'll read it over and over and over. And they have a pen and paper. And as the Holy Spirit gives them uh, insight in Romans chapter 8, they'll write it down on a piece of paper. I've done it myself. I've done it myself. I've gotten some of the best sermons in my backyard, sometimes cutting the grass or doing yard work because I'm thinking about that scripture. I'm thinking about it and I'm meditating on it. And I write it down and I write it down on a piece of paper and I use those very things in the, in the pulpit. Because as you meditate, God is going to give you more and more. But see, you have to spend that time and just meditating on it, thinking about it. You know, I preach my sermon in my sleep even before I preach it on Sunday morning. So, you know, I get up early. I go over on Sunday mornings. And then I go out and I believe, I go out in faith. I go out believing that, hey, this is the word and it's going to touch somebody. And I tell people in my church all the time, listen, uh, maybe the whole sermon is not for you. Maybe only a piece of it. Maybe only a couple of scripture. You know, uh, so just take what God gives you, apply it to your life and go with that. You know, it's just like going through, going to a grocery store. You know, when you go to the store, you don't buy the whole store at once. You just go get what you're going to, go get what you want to get, go get what you need, and then you leave. It's the same thing listening to a Bible study. There are going to be some things you say, oh, well, that don't apply. But there's going to be some things that's going to jump out, and you know that's it, that is for you. And I tell my people all the time, if you really came with a heart to receive, you'll walk away with something. You're going to walk away with something. My pastor told me, he said, hey, if all I did was come out here and just read the passage and not even comment on it, you should walk away with something because this is the word. And if you came with the spirit to receive, you will receive. So many times it's not the pastor, it's not the teacher. Many times it's the hearers. When people go to church, they should be open to receive uh, what the Holy Spirit is speaking to them through that passage. You can walk away with something. Yeah, so you have to pray. You have to act on faith. You have to trust your plans that God uses those plans and act accordingly. Where have you seen a lack of planning hinder a vision? Now, there's some of us that we, we procrastinate. We're not very good in planning. If you have an example where you failed to plan, are you seeing that in another ministry they don't plan and it just 
it doesn't go well. It does. It's very chaotic, nerve-wracking, disorganization. You know, um, God is very organized, and he wants us to be organized. You know, and I tell my people, my worship leaders, I say, listen, we can't be running around on the stage at five minutes to ten, knowing this, the service starts at ten o'clock. We can't be running around here trying to find out, well, who's going to play what song and wh what songs are we going to do and this, blah, blah. That should have already been decided, already been discussed. You should have your songs pulled. They should be in order. You should know who's going to lead this song. Everything should be in order. Because I tell my people, I said, when I'm doing worship, I want to be off that stage at 930 so I can greet people who are coming into church. I don't want to be up there practicing when people are coming into church. I should have all that organized and already set in order. But lack of planning, we had a, when I was working in the box factory and driving the forklift, we, we would have meetings. And the owner of the meeting, he was a planner. He was from Germany. And he, could he was a great planner. He came from Germany with $18 in his pocket. And right now he owns 27 plants. 27 box factories, 27. North Carolina, California, Utah, Texas, Washington State, Canada, 18. He says he would work and he planned. He worked and he planned. And if you wanted, and if you really wanted to work, you know, ministry is work. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, ministry is work. Studying is work. You know, we ought to study, but it's work. But lack of planning, he would say in the meetings, he says, lack of planning always leads to chaos. And he would say it again, lack of planning will always lead to chaos. Because when you lack of planning, you know, it's just going to fall apart. You don't know where you're going, what you're doing. But plan as much as you can, as best you can. It, it takes a lot of stress off. Again, if I know I got my sermon ready by... Friday or Friday night, man, because I planned, I planned throughout the week. I didn't waste my time throughout the week. I planned it. I've used my time wisely. So I tell my wife, I said, let's go out to lunch. Hey, let's go to the beach. Hey, I got to study. I can't rest really until the study is ready to go on Sunday. When the study is ready to go, when I'm ready to teach, then I can go, I can go have some fun. I can say, hey, let's go out to lunch. Let's go to dinner. Let's go for a drive. Hey, where you want to go? You want to go shopping? I'll take you. Let's do it. Let's do something. Let's go have some fun. And then uh, Saturday nights, what I do anyway, I I've always tried to get um, enough rest on Saturday, on Saturday nights. I try to go to bed early on Saturday nights so I don't be tired on Sunday mornings. I don't go out and stay out to two, you know, 1 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night on Saturday nights. Knowing I got to be at church on Sunday, no. When I walk in there on Sunday morning, I want to be fresh. I want to be settled in my spirit. I, want to, I don't want to walk in tired. Because ministry is draining. You know, you teach. You know, you got to talk to people before you teach. You got to talk to people after you teach. And then you got to teach. So when you get home, anyway, when I get home, anyway, I'm tired when I get home. Because you're always giving. And that takes energy from you. But my, 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 my life is just pretty much organized because I don't, I don't waste time. I try to use my time very wisely. Um, you know, I look at the athletes with the, um, 
Olympics, you know, how they planned, how they prepped exercise, you know, and how they ate right, they got the proper sleep and all of this. You know, Paul said they do this for a corruptible crown, but we do it in, for an incorruptible crown. The crown we get is incorruptible. It's not going to ever fade away. They do it for a temporary crown, but we do it for a corruptible crown. And this, what you do for Christ right now, is going to last throughout eternity. You know, James said this life is only a vapor. You're here for a short time, man. The clock, the clock is ticking. You're here for a short time, and you're gone. But what you do for Christ is going to last. Think, the, the Bible studies you taught, the people you minister to, the things you did for Christ is going to last throughout eternity. That's why we have to use our time wisely. You know, some say we should number our days, you know, because uh, you don't know if you're going to get how much more time you're going to have. So just make the most of your time and be disciplined in your time uh, because you'll be ahead of the game if you do. Well, any last thoughts on the importance of planning, spending your time when leading others? Well, you know, I think I think it's still it's important because people are watching the leaders, uh, and you want people to see that you do take time for yourselves, you do take time for your families, you do enjoy some things, some hobbies. They, you know, they want to see that. So don't feel guilty. Do those things, and it will be a benefit. Not only to you and your family, but the whole church. Thank you for joining us for today's Leadership Lessons podcast. For more content, you can visit eeleaders.com and follow us on social media at eeleaders.